What? A recenter. We got a recenter? Center? Oh, goodness. I can't believe I'm about to say this. The first time I get to say this in 2022, the first time <laughs> I get to say this <laughs> in it's six 20. months. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Geek Talk, the talk show where we talk about everything geek. I'm your host, Anthony, and today I'm trying out this cute little podcast voice because <laughs> guess what? This is also going to be recorded as a podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Geek Talk, the talk show where we talk about everything geek. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, people, today, I have brought on some wonderful members of the UCF crew. It has been way, way, way too long since we've been live, and I'm so excited to get back and rolling with this stuff. Today, we have Art. Look at that little wave. We got Jeff. Howdy. Anthony went on hiatus. I told them. No, I'm going to keep growing my hair until uh, you're back, and here we are. I think you should just keep growing it anyway. Keep growing? We'll see. <laughs> we got Lewis. Hey, it's me in another new room. Another new room. And we've got Sherry. My shirt is legitimately on backwards, but that's okay, so it looks better. And, that's no, <laughs> and that is, roughly describes the way life has been in 2021. Hey. Life is life. Fashion is fashion. Oh, look at everybody. How cute. So hello, Emily. Hello, my love. Hello, Carm. It's so nice to see everybody. I'm really excited to get back into this. So uh, just to start off, we uh, it was a little bit of a joke, but it's also not a joke. So we are trying something a little bit different with Geek Talk in 2022, in which uh, we are going to be turning this into a podcast. So it is going to be live streamed like this and then uh, turned into a podcast format and you'll be able to see it all over the stuff. Hello, I am error for for welcome, welcome. Uh, so you'll be able to see this on all sorts of social media sites and things like that. Uh, and also be able to listen to this on uh, Spudafu. Uh, everyone's, everyone's favorite place, Spudafu. So uh, just... In, in this new format, we are just going to be talking about uh, the media that we have been uh, enjoying over the past week. So every week, every day, 9 p.m. Eastern, my camera coming out. Cool. So every every week on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, we are going to be hosting our Geek Talk sessions. And then on uh, we'll find out what day they'll be posted after they're edited on Spudafu. Uh, and we are going to be uh, talking, just discussing about all the media and things that we've been enjoying throughout the week. Uh, so just to start off, uh, how about we start off with Art? What's been, what's been new, new with you, Art? How, back do, how far back do you want me to go? That's the question. Uh, <laughs> how far back do you want to go? <laughs> uh, I mean, right now, just playing a lot of TDC Classic. Because... Uh, and wanted to talk about Activision Blizzard. You know, back remembering the days back when WoW Ah, uh, TBC Burning Crusade? Yep. Mm-hmm. Not Burning fully Crusade. leveled yet, but uh, kind of the best part of it. Mm-hmm. Burning Crusade Classic. Yeah. Is that uh, the green one? That's the green one, Jack. Okay, that's all I know. You can tell me 
what color the thing was or if it's the panda one. I know there's a panda one. Oh, the panda one's way later. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically there's a second green one when Legion came out. Okay, I don't believe in that. That isn't real to me. <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus. We don't, we don't believe in Santa Microsoft, Santa. get on that. One uh, green yes. thing. Yes. I, it's okay. I the that's... next expansion with Microsoft will be called NFTs. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my goodness. I guess that's the perfect segue. Um, as you may or may not know, today Microsoft announced that they have purchased Activision Blizzard. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Uh, I heard that uh, Microsoft was trying to cosplay and reference uh, Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dash about top hat going. I actually got into a conversation in a dungeon group on Burning Crusade about that today, and people were like, do you think anything's going to change now that Microsoft has Blizzard? I said, no, it's going to be the exact same as when Activision had it. You're not going to see the, you know, pre-Activision days ever. In fact, it may even get worse. (laughs) Yeah. It's... it's, it's... I was going to say, didn't they keep, like, the main guy on that everybody hates because it was too expensive to fire him or something? Only until... From what reports are showing, it's only until the merger is completed. And then Phil oh, Spencer what? is taking over. They're getting rid of Bobby Kotick? Yes. From okay. what the, well, from at least the, that's happening. Yeah. From what the reports have been shown, Bobby Kotick is staying on until the end of the merger. And then Phil Spencer is taking over. I mean, so, my big question is, what don't we know about these people at Microsoft that could be doing? I mean, we could just speculate about every single, uh, you know, corporate (laughs) background. Like, that's just what it is. But, you know, keep our targets on the ones that have been publicly uh, accused. Exactly. I will say, silver lining, whole deal, went for a cool $69 billion. Very nice. Nice. So... Hey, maybe it's a giant antitrust issue. Who can say? But gotta take those little wins here and there. Hello, yeah. Pat. Welcome. Welcome. Um, Lewis, how are you feeling about the uh, the acquisition? So it's all games that I play anymore. Never played WoW. I didn't. So directly affected. You know, it doesn't affect anything I've been doing. However, uh, just Microsoft keep. <laughs> it's well, that's just the Blizzard side of things, right? So, yeah, but what about the Activision side? Yeah, the Activision side. So yeah, we're talking was... Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Um... Yeah, they made like Crash Four. No, they haven't touched Spyro since reinvented. Like I, I love those series. I went through all of them. I've been through all of them recently. And like, it's not like I was expecting anything new. If this Let's talk does, about that though, how yeah. much time did you spend on those crash remakes and getting all of the secret gems? Because I remember you spending a lot of time on that. Oh, I think oh, I, yeah. I think it was like over a year and a half going back and forth of hundred percent. Oh my lord! <laughs> in between oh other games, and now you can hundred percent them on Game Pass, huh? Yeah, now you get all those <laughs> achievo points on top of the trophies. <laughs> No, but um, it, honestly, the only benefit I could see this is if this prompts them to make another um, 
like another crash, another Spyro. But then again, also all the trust issues. Uh, probably. I more. mean, I don't know if I want another one after VR came out. They said no microtransactions, added microtransactions. <laughs> mm. I true. mean, what microtransactions can you add to a 3D platform? <laughs> mm. so yeah, that's, that's like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. What could you even do there? Um, more skins? Uh, yeah, Cherry. So uh, tell me your thoughts on the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I got one, but I already know the answer. It's like, so does that mean does that mean Overwatch is going to be good now? And I I know the answer to this is no. No. But I'm just like, but like I had this very <laughs> odd craving. I've had this very odd craving for like the past month. Just like, man, I kind of want to play something because I don't play my main shooter anymore. I'm just like, is Overwatch good? And then like, and almost exactly when I heard when I say ask myself, is Overwatch good? I see like the death of the game series talking about death of the game Overwatch. And I was like, well. That answers that. How long have they been making two for? Like, uh, two oh. years? <laughs> I think. They announced it at the last live BlizzCon, didn't they? Yes, they did. After the um, last reports of harassment. We, we are at a very interesting time in gaming <laughs> history where it seems like every game, game is a live service. It's just going absolutely tits up in the fire. But I feel like this conversation better safe for next week. Because... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to be depressed for, and all, but also there's always something to be excited for in the future coming up. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. Giving Lynn Earth, oh, Lynn, welcome. Giving the gift sub, we greatly appreciate it. Oh, I love seeing all this love in the chat. Thank y'all so much. This is the first time on camera in six months. I'm just like my heart. And welcome, Craig. First time. Um, and yes, Emily is. Gem, absolutely. So, um, you know, that actually brings brings a perfect segue into one of the things that I think is very much uh, not being discussed right now with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, Overwatch is one of the largest esports, and now Microsoft owns it. That's, that's pretty big, right? So now Microsoft owns a bunch of these game companies. Uh, even something that I want to circle back on too is that when uh, Activision and Blizzard were merged to begin with, that was already a big thing, right? Because Activision was such a huge company and Blizzard was such a huge company. And that was how many years ago, right? That was Activision, over a decade. Yeah, and Whoa. Activision Blizzard being the only video game company that is a blue chip stock right and top 50 stocks and now microsoft owns activision blizzard it's it's pretty large and just thinking about it i i honestly don't feel like this is going to go untouched right i feel like this is something that we might see in the future uh with some litigations and some trust busting similar to what we're seeing right now with facebook uh but you know we're talking about a video game company and microsoft so i it, it's it's one of those things where it may not be one of the priorities because people don't see it as a, a big problem but they, it very much could be a big problem the government's always been super slow in doing not it's always it still has like a childish like it always has and it still does 
This could be the big thing that could push that out, though. This could have been like the one major thing that could happen. People start paying attention. That's big. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts? Um, I personally don't see this administration doing much of anything on this. I don't think it's a priority, and we haven't seen you know that level of trust busting in quite a while. I just don't see this being changer in that regard but i mean i could be wrong that colored me surprised if so i just don't see it being a big thing in terms of uh the business side of things any real repercussions see i feel like uh as a reference i feel like this is gonna go in the same boat as at&t acquiring like time warner right um where it's large it's large and they just ate up another large company so i don't i don't see it being broken up anytime soon i I agree with you jeff i don't think our administration is going to do anything about it uh but i do see this leading into more questions uh where the same where the same thing happened with when uh at&t acquired warner brothers where it's it's bringing up that question of this is a really large company eating up another very large company and kind of monopolizing it. But hey, we're America. Where monopolies don't exist. Yeah. This is America. It's just As a Childish Gambino once said, "This is America." <laughs> I make that reference on a weekly basis these days. <laughs> uh, going forward, Jeff, what have you been up to recently? What have I been up to? Well, uh, if you've been following my, uh, you know, Steam play time, I've actually been playing PC games quite a bit lately, and I've sunk 50 hours now into Wildermyth, which I think if my schedule was a little bit different, it might have been what I would have called, like, one of my games for sure. I just never got around to it until this month. but. For the quick pitch, Wildermyth is essentially a uh, turn-based strategy RPG, same vein as the XCOM series, things like that, but with a fantasy sort of background, a bit of a storybook aesthetic that relies very heavily on you know procedural generation for a lot of what it does. You start out, you uh, can roll a few characters that uh, are your starting party and in battle scenes you have the sort of you know uh, square grid thing that you go around maps there's various uh, enemies on them environments that you can you know cover etc etc and the game comes with five sort of complete campaigns within it that uh, have either a three or five act structure Ah, uh, there's some you know main bad guy, and there's some main plot beats that you'll always you know no matter how many times you play them. But what's interesting about the game is just how much comes down to randomization. So I talked about rolling characters. You can essentially just roll all the attributes on your character over and over again. That will change their look. It will change their background, some of their key traits. Uh, some of their personality aspects that will affect, you know, how they talk in certain scenes. Uh, it'll affect uh, 
various things that they might get up to during the play. And all of this combined together created a really interesting system where a lot of non-scripted stories sort of emerge from it. And I'm going to use a quick example that I talked to Lewis about as well as a few others, I think. But uh, during one of my campaigns, uh, my warrior, this hothead, his name's Raylock, and he's just, you know, this huge head type dude who immediately gets into the worst situations. In the second fight, uh, he got downed, and in this game, when you uh, lose in a fight, the first time in an act, uh, you're not going to die, but something bad happens to you. He loses an eye in like the second fight and has an eye patch for the rest of the game. During the next arc, he gets like badly scarred, and all of the damage and weight he goes through means that he retires super early. These campaigns take place over, you know, a hundred years, depending on like how many years of peace you earn between them. That's a, you know get into more of that later uh but point is a lot of time passes between the arcs and braylock retires super early at the same time his daughter joins this adventuring guild i didn't even know he has a daughter but the game sort of rolls that in the background does he have a kid what happens with that and they roll uh, various stats from that so i get their kid and they join the adventuring party just as he's retiring absolutely wild and I get into this really tense situation, a really bad fight I shouldn't have gotten into, where, unfortunately, Braylock's daughter is killed in the middle of the fight, in a fight where she's with one of his old party members from the original party, the rival uh, of Braylock's, who, two people that just fought a lot, develop rivalries. Point being... That I now have this wonderful story about how, uh, you know, the original party failed Braylock in the end and, you know, lost his daughter when they could have been protecting her. Obviously, you know, they're more veteran adventurers. None of this was scripted. None of this was, like, explicitly stated. But because of all the different systems interlocked in the game, it tells this fascinatingly interesting story that, Obviously, they put a lot of the triggers there for situations like this to happen, but in no way was it, you know, pushed this way or that way. I found that so fascinating. Um, it's a fantastic game, and I think anyone who likes sort of, you know, that XCOM, XCOM style of combat or just likes a good adventuring game, uh, specifically in that sort of D&D setting type of mindset, definitely something worth checking out. That was uh, Wildermyth. Which is, I believe, yeah, yeah. I can't even believe that's the. <laughs> I can't even believe this is coming from my video game. So it's like, are you sure this wasn't? Yeah. You're not confusing your last D and D campaign. <laughs> no, it's wild. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. To show like how the randomization is like so in depth, I played for two hours while Jeff was watching me, and I got an event that they had never seen before. <laughs> and like my very first like random. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's really interesting because um I what what was it that I saw? Uh someone was talking about it where it's taking procedural generation, right? And uh storytelling and saying why can't these two things go together? This is Wildermyth Cat. So, uh 
you know, we have procedural generation games, right? Like Terraria. We have Minecraft, right? And a lot of those games, what do we have to do? We have to create our own stories. And that that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? That, that's not to say that those things are bad. We, we love creating our own stories and using our imagination and having things with friends and being like, oh, my God, you'll never, you'll never uh, imagine that I was building this house out of dirt. And then this creeper came up and then boom, it blew up. And then I found obsidian, right? Like that, that's our own stories using our own imaginations from our own procedural generated stuff. But Wildermyth takes that and adds story to that. And it's something that and I will absolutely admit that I had no idea what I was doing while I was playing it. I was having such a ball. And then I'm watching Lewis play and just like, hey, click on this little thing and then you can see their history and their backstory. I didn't even know they had backstories. I've just been <laughs> making them up on the fly, being like, oh, yeah, this guy did this, and then this, that, and the other thing. They have backstories. And then on top of that, they also have their own personalities, and they're all randomized. And then on top of that, you'll get these randomized event beats where things will happen, right, where I have my archer, right? My archer is a romantic poet, and he's like, oh, yeah, I fell in love with this girl. And um, and uh, she needs help fighting off these things, all, all these monsters over in her village. And my I have a I have a mage who's kind of a smart aleck. Right. She, she's a smart aleck. I like her a lot. Right. And she goes, I don't trust her. I'm coming with you. Right. And my my archer's like, you know what? Sure, we haven't had some. I went in my alone time, but you know what? You're not gonna let this up. So yeah, come with me, right? So then it like rolls all this stuff in the background, and I'm like, what is happening, right? I'm like, what what's gonna happen here? So then uh, the girl's like, oh, I'll be right back. I'll give you the call, right? That's sus. That's sus, right? We, you know, I'm like, hmm. I'm gonna give you the call, and my mage is like, no, we're gonna follow her, right? And you get a choice. You get to choose who you want, like. Who gets to decide what's happening? And then that's in my mind where I'm like, all right, I have to use my imagination of like what I think would happen in this scenario. And I'm like, all right, my mage would absolutely be like, nah, that's it. We don't we don't play that game. We follow her. Right. So they follow her. And then guess what? It was a trap. And my mage is like. Mm-hmm. Did I not say that? Right? It was 4K. Like, it's so cool. Then you get into a fight, and then afterwards, you know, you have that that relationship that builds, right? And it, it builds in game, but then it also builds in your mind because you're like, yeah, this thing just happened. And this was completely separate from the rest of my party, right? So the rest of my party don't even know this happened because they they separated off. So it's just like this really cool stuff that happens. And what's great is that like we could talk about stuff like this because it's not really spoilers, because what happened to me. It's not going to happen to anybody else, most likely. <laughs> That's worth noting as well. That entire story I gave for my characters, none of that was connected to anything to do with the campaign plot I was playing. Mm-hmm. And things like that could happen in any of those scenarios. The game also has non-campaign sort of, uh, or non-storied campaigns where there isn't a like, specific storyline. Rather, it just generates one from various has. And it's totally viable because how much story it can sort of swell up from the systems that they have in place. It's a super cool balance, and 
uh, probably one of the best examples of that type of storytelling I can think of. Last one that was even close. Uh, weird pull, but State of Decay 2, which uh, a weird, fun game that also has a lot of, hey, look yeah. at these different sort of uh, character traits yeah. and how they interact with the characters. It's a fun way to do things and absolutely a good time. Yeah, already added access. to my wish list. It's very there good. Go. It's fifteen dollars on Steam. It's only it's PC only. Uh, I will be completely frank with y'all. It runs like booty. Uh, but... <laughs> it sounds like it's worth it though. <laughs> oh, but it's so worth it. Like when you get the game running, it runs. But getting that getting that start, you know, you know that the back in the day when we used to watch cartoons and you had the dad trying to start the lawnmower and it was just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that that was me trying to play Wildermuth at first, but then as soon as I got it going, I was going. I was I was like, "Yo, this is it. This is this is lit." It's a good time. Yeah, it's a very good time. Uh, you had one more thing you wanted to talk about, right, Jeff? Uh yeah, actually, uh, and this is you know, it hasn't taken fifty hours of my time, thankfully, and I think that's perhaps part of its appeal. Uh, so if you've been on Twitter for the past you know, few weeks at the very least, I want to say. You've probably seen these tweets that, if you aren't paying attention, are just weird of these grids of green, yellow, and uh, black boxes just popping up. And that has to do with this game that's uh, becoming really popular, Wordle, which is really bare bones, really simple, you know, no bells or whistles. It isn't even an app, you know. I originally looked for it in the App Store on my phone. It's not that. It's just a website. But essentially, Wordle is just a word-guessing game. So every day resets the game. There's a new word, five-letter word. You have six guesses to try to figure out what the word is. And put in the words, anything that pops up green, you got the right letter, it's in the right place. If it's yellow, you have the right letter, it's in the wrong place. And then if it's just gray, well, that isn't uh, anything, so you just have to guess what and it's honestly really great to have this mobile game that is perfectly functional, it's doing well, that isn't demanding all of my time, and is just doing things well. Its simplicity is really the appeal of the game. I know that there are plenty of people, I'm sure, who are trying to capitalize that in various ways, but it's just a super clean design along with really smart marketing, because... I spent about a week wondering what these tweets were until eventually I figured it out, and now I'm part of the problem making these tweets. <laughs> uh, it's great. I don't think that there's anything more to it. I think it's also a game that's very much, you know, in um, it's outside of the video game space for sure. There are video game people playing this, but there are also, I think, a lot of people who don't play video games who play this. I've seen a lot of people in crossword spaces. Uh, I am a reporter, and I've seen a lot of reporters doing this just because, hey, word games, who would have guessed? Uh, it's a good time. I have my... So here's my tip, is that same word every single day is my first guess. Pressed. Uh Y'all have seen Wheel of Fortune, R-S-T-L-N-E on the final puzzle. That's the uh, Those are the letters they give you because they're the most common letters in uh, 
the English alphabet, from what I understand. And if it's good enough for Wheel, it's good enough for me. So Crest <laughs> has enough of those letters. Put that in there. Usually it gets me in a good place. And then sometimes it doesn't. I won't I won't spoil today's puzzle for anyone who might be watching. But uh I was sweating for a minute when I got a good number of the letters and then I was like, oh just keep putting in the wrong guess over and over. I don't know how, I don't know why. And it's a great game where you'll either feel really smart or really foolish really fast. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? Did y'all ever watch this old game show called Lingo? I think yeah, Lingo yeah. is the exact same game. It is the exact same thing. It's not even. It's still going on. Is, is it? it? As 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 someone who has an eighty-something-year-old grandmother who watches nothing but uh, <laughs> old-school TV and GSTV, I will tell you right now that it is still going on. I don't know if it is still Lingo. It, it might be rebranded to some new name, but it is still a thing. It is. Hey, yo, Lingo fans, get in the chat, get in the comments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to know about you if you care about Lingo or its rebranding. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, first off, what I want to say is, heard it here first, folks. The pro tip is to use the word crest, as per Jeff. Please don't trust me. Please don't trust me. If it goes <laughs> badly for, for you, too late for that. Tip. Pro tip. You know that's going on TikTok, right? Pro tip. All right, next. Uh, but Pro the... tip. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, um, it uh, the beauty of it does come from like the simplicity, right? Because it's it's just like those old school Facebook games, right? It's the accessibility, it's the simplicity. Remember Words with Friends and how everybody was doing that? Everybody was doing that, right? Because it, it's just there, right? So Wordle is just there. It's there. Uh, the the wild part though was uh, not that long ago. Uh, there was the 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 two guys that scammed a bunch of money out of people because they made an app called Wordle, but it wasn't actually Wordle. And they got a lot of money, and then they dipped. <laughs> And this isn't the first time. This is the second time that they've scammed a bunch like of money bandits. out of people. Yeah, Great. the second time. It's it's absolutely baffling. Uh, so Wordle is not an app. Do not do not go in the app store looking for Wordle. It is not an app. Google Wordle. You'll find like twenty think pieces about why it's having a moment right now. Uh, ugh, and there will be a link to it in there. You'll be fine. You'll you'll find it. I believe in you. I, I believe, believe in, in the you. Media, yes, we believe in media literacy. Y'all could do it. Just do not go in the app store and find it because it is not in the app store. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Maybe not in one Google day. Play Store either. Maybe one day. Probably not. I don't want I, it in there. Nah. I, I, strongly, I strongly doubt it. If the if it's this popular right now on just the website, why even bother developing an app? Right? It's like you're getting all those ad click money. You, yeah, you get that money. Gosh, money, gosh, money. Uh, yeah. I, I've i been interested in, in playing it because I've been wondering what all the screen dots were until one day I was in the car with Jeff, and Jeff's like, well, let me tell you a little bit about Wordle. And I'm like, oh, huh. I'm so bad with word games. Uh, like, really bad. Like, terribly bad. Like, I played Bookworm and the one where you have, like, the all the letters, and then you just have to make a bunch of words with all the letters. I feel like as soon as I get 
random letters in uh, in the alphabet, I forget English. I don't I don't even know words anymore. I, I'm like I, I think I hear word? you calling for. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I hate Scrabble. I'm like I'm like oh yeah, I'll just use like Yosemite, and someone's like that's not a word. And I'm like, what do you mean that's not a word? And then they come out and they they go boom that's and they whip out the Scrabble dictionary. And I'm like, I am over it. <laughs> but actually, funny that you mentioned Scrabble. I found out the other day that there is a Battle Royale Scrabble game. And what? I, what? I, I'm telling you that I'm actually interested in that. It is a Battle Royale with I don't know how many players. I don't even know what the game is called. I just kind of saw it one day. And it was you're a bunch of players, and you drop down on the board like in Fortnite, and you have a letter, and then you have to figure out where you want to go on the board, and then you have to you have the letters like in Scrabble, and then you make words, and the more words you make, the more points you get, and then uh, you use those points to like kill the other players and or get more letters to get more words. It's just wild, and I'm sitting there like dropping. I'm yeah, crying. I'm like, I'm like, yo, I hate Scrabble, but like, yeah, what are we dropping? No, we dropping we're, we're dropping on the triple point square. Yeah, like, we're, I was like, huh. Uh, but uh, as of the side, yeah, that that was a a wild trip. I don't even know what the name of the game is. I'm sure if you Google Battle Royale Scrabble, it'll pop up. But I was like, what the heck am I watching? And I couldn't stop. <laughs> Oh, okay. Jeff is doing. It. Jeff is doing the research. Of course, work. of course. Battle is Pachinki a Scrabble legal word? I know uh, Pachinki is my city, but I don't know. It's Babble Royale. Babble Royale. Babble I'm Royale. Done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Goodbye. That's actually Goodbye. really good. Where are we Where dropping? Are we um. So, uh, moving on from that, Lewis, what have you been up to recently? I've been up to a few things. Um, Digimon TCG is one, but we'll shelve that for TCG is poor. A me and Anthony conversation. I'll say what else here is played the TCG. Uh, <laughs> Don't mention actually. card games to me. I'm broke right now. I can't do this. <laughs> uh, but um, besides that, I started playing some Civilization Six. Did a multiplayer, then started doing some single players so I could learn how to play. Uh, it's fun. I had to turn the difficulty down after the game. I keep getting tracked by religion, and then someone else just wins with culture like three months later. Like, funny, uh, funny that you talk about a game that you have to turn the uh, difficulty down. I got one that I can play. Yeah. So, going through some Civ games, trying out the leaders. Um, outside of that, been doing some more Slay the Spire, which is one of my favorite games of all time. I have it on Switch and PS4, and now I have it on Steam. I understand oh. you've been playing it a bit differently, though. Yes, I was about to get into that. Um, I bought it for Steam so I could use mod support. I have to know, what mods do you have, sir? So, I currently have tried out um, the mm-hmm. two you need Mod and STL to run anything. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. I have Neat the Spire in there, 
just for some extra stuff, because some of the extra rel um, relics are nice in the cards. And a bunch of characters, which I've been trying out one by one. I have played uh, Velma Scarlatina from Ruby, which is a really weird one. Okay. Um, I haven't tried that one yet. I have tried to play as two, but it's kept crashing. Oof. So maybe one day I'll get two B to work. Glory to mankind. Glory to mankind. Um, who else? I tried out a few other characters. They weren't exactly notable because I can't remember them at the moment. Oh, come on. You uh, know our Agumon? favorite... Oh, Agumon, right. How is that not notable? <laughs> You're <laughs> playing the TCG. You're so into the TCG that you're putting him in other card games. <laughs> no, the one I do want to show for we get uh, Sailor Moon. Uh, finally, Sailor Moon the answer I've been waiting for. Uses <laughs> the sprites from the Super Nintendo game. It is Ooh. one of the coolest mods I've ever seen because it actually has the other Sailor Scouts come out for attacks. Mm. There's so much effort put into that mod. It's oh yeah, I remember. I, I remember it was here, like a year ago. Mentioned Sailor Moon. <laughs> what was that, Lewis? Um, I would say the other fun one was Deku because Deku is so easy to start each combat with ten four strength. And I guess for anyone who hasn't played Slay the Spire, it is a roguelike uh, card game where you are dealt random cards and. Depending on who your character is, go through three floors of just fights and events to try and build up your deck to try and actually the bosses at the end. Have you uh, have you downloaded the um, sl uh, Slay the Spire Downfall? No, I have not. Okay, so Slay the Spire Downfall that's like the big one that's on that's on there. Slay the Spire Downfall it's a um it's a whole expansion. Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, it's a whole it's a whole expansion um that that they made, but like it's like the reverse. And instead of playing as the like as the main heroes, you play as the bosses you fight throughout. So uh -huh. you get so you get a whole so you get like um access to like five different uh five different bosses. I won't spoil like the bosses for has played, but um and like instead of fighting instead of fighting boss instead of fighting like other boss characters, you actually fight um uh the characters that you play that you see throughout the campaign. So it's really it's a it's a great uh expansion. You should play that one. I definitely need to try that out. That sounds like oh, a yeah. oh yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, I've been I've been chilling in Discord. If you're not in the Discord, you should join using the exclamation Discord command for those of you on Twitch, um, or using the URL uh, userfriendly.com/discord to join because Lewis has been streaming. Uh, Slay the Spire and Civilization in there pretty much uh, every day <laughs> for the past like week. I suddenly found myself a lot of time, so <laughs> yeah, the past couple of weeks, like we've been just vibing in there, doing a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, I Slay the Spire is a game that I've known about since it was in early access when there was only one character. Like, I don't know how long ago that was, probably a I, while. And it's wild how time flies, and I I could say that was three years ago, and I'll look it up, and it was like ten, and I'll be like, well, that that that's a thing, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been watching it. I've been watching the mods. I watched uh, Agumon turn into Greymon, that turned into Metal Greymon, that turned into War Greymon. Uh, War Greymon. And if you've ever seen, if you've ever played 
any game on uh, Newgrounds. Uh, that's what that looked like, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Oh um, my god! <laughs> I I was like, you know, this is nostalgic in a good and a bad way. But you, just, you know, I was they they definitely put their heart into it. I, I I'm just, not gonna roast them. You just took me back to the Final Fantasy Flash RPG where you have yep. to fight Mario and the AOL man. Exactly. <laughs> that it looks like that. Um, for for the Agumon one, which was funny, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, where uh, War Greymon's just like floating, like, and I'm like, you go, you go, War Greymon. These wild, like, 3D models they use, like, some of them are just literally just PNGs that don't move. Yep. For a lot of the models. This one was 3D models, and it's. It was wild to watch. It was wild going from Digimon to, like, Deku, the PNG. It's just the boy there. And him punching is like it sort of warping a little bit. And that's it. <laughs> like yeah. a huge disparity. Interesting <laughs> stuff. Uh, so yeah, definitely check us out in the Discord. Uh, again, that's Exclamation Mark Discord for those of y'all that are in the Twitch chat and uh, userfriendly dot com slash Discord for those of you that are listening to us anywhere else. Uh, and uh, let's catch up with chat a little bit. Uh, Cat complimented your nails, Jeff. That was number oh, one. Oh, thank I'm, you, thank I'm, you. That's been in the back of my mind. Bookworm, yes, that was a that was a trip back in the day. Uh, yes, Sailor Moon mod, and it looks phenomenal. Uh, and for Slay the Spire, uh, I, I literally watching Lewis play it made me put the game into my cart, and then I looked at my bank account and I took it out of my cart. So I, 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 I <laughs> just as a heads up, like I it, like watching it, watching them play, put almost pushed me to just buy the game to just play it myself because it looks so good. But definitely uh, check it out in the Discord because wow, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's also a lot of fun watching uh, Lewis play Civ and uh, spreading waifuism. Oh, I know. I was gonna say before I forget, uh, I think Slay the Spire is also on mobile now too. I it's just, on everything, I, just, I think. Yeah, I just found out recently. So I was like, did not know that. I think it's now on everything. Back in the day, when it was there was only one character and it was only on Steam and it was early access, and I was like, wow, this looks pretty nifty. <laughs> just everywhere. And now the it's okay, we love the game. is on there. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I know waifuism isn't in that game. Can we, can we talk a bit about our Civ Six game? Because we're in the middle of one, three of us here. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, for those of y'all that don't know, Civilization is a game in which you take, uh, you take control over different leaders of great leaders, great leaders of the world. And you own your own civilization and you are trying to beat out the rest of the civilizations in a bunch of different ways. You can make a bunch of uh, great wonders of the world. So like you can have the Great Pyramids, you can have the uh, Leaning Tower Pisa, you can have the Eiffel Tower, you can have the, the Oxford uh, College, like you, you can do all this. Yeah, you could do that. Or you could do. You can uh, create a religion and then make your religion the the dominant religion of the entire world, right? Or you can uh, you can uh, boost your science all the way until you get up to space. Or 
you can say screw all that and just dominate the whole world and just go complete imperialism uh colonialism and just take over everything and uh go to war or just drop bombs everywhere and then just win right yeah all of that was imperialism and colonialism it's just different flavors of it you know yes yes so i'm sorry so there was the cherry flavor the raspberry flavor uh thank you your og colonialism yeah (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for the five gift subs emmy I have to say, I'm I'm so confused by like those by turn-based strategy games because like I'm just a complete meathead. So whenever I try to play, what I'm just like, okay, how do I invade? And then and then and I try to invade. It's like cool, can I let this person out? And then I just they clap back and I get bodied. It's like, what do I do now? I didn't invest in industry. Uh, I lost my money more. Less stressful than like other RTS or like turn-based games because everyone just does their thing. And- all at the same time. Yeah, you don't have to worry about like uh, going super fast because it's a very slow game. Uh, the game that Jeff Lewis and I uh, and another friend of ours, Zach, have been playing. I think we were on there for like six hours. The one that we were playing, uh, and uh, I-, I will tell you right now that I'm definitely losing. I'm playing Egypt. I'm Cleopatra, and I was rocking it in science. I was rocking it. I was like. And then China came out and was like, yeah, screw that, and just blew me out of the water. And then Brazil blew me out of the water with science. And now I'm sad. And now I went to war with China because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I think it's worth noting also that two out of the three of us here have been playing a very different game. because <laughs> to clear- So we are playing with a sort of continents map, you know, a few major bodies of land. And we have a couple bots in there for the sake of, you know, just uh, keeping things fresh and making it so that we can't just uh, all collaborate into creating the world. And three of us uh, all ended up on one continent. And one of us ended up on a different continent with all of the bots. Lewis, talk to me about that experience. So, I spent the first hundred turns of the game on uh, there we had some city states. Like I'm, I'm pretty good friends with a lot of city states because I'm the only civilization around. <laughs> and then I found China, who is one of the bot characters. China is very assertive. Very assertive. <laughs> They're very uh assertive. Yes, assertive. Is <laughs> Still the right word. It's the reason that there's right now a multi-front war against China going on, and uh... it's it's fun, it's hilarious, and it's honestly, it, I'll be completely honest. I I I swear on my Tim's that this is probably one of the nerdiest games that you could ever play, and I also swear on my Tim's that it is probably one of the most fun games that you'll ever play. Why? I could not explain to you why it is fun, but I, I'll tell you that you just take a day, get a couple of friends, and you say, yo, let's hop on Civ, pick some Civs. Uh, honestly, if you drink, you know, get get some drinks. If you smoke, you know, smoke, just vibe, you know, and order some DoorDash and just laugh it out because, wow, we 
just just playing it and just y'all just make your own stories honestly it's I, i'm sitting there like uh you know i don't like that missionary i got i got uh you know our friend zach is making the religion of moderna and uh moderna has been <laughs> spread all throughout egypt and i'm sitting there like why are there missionaries of moderna outside my uh in my borders and i hear don't worry about it I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I, I'm absolutely worried about it. I'm just trying to mind my own business, trying to uh, boost my science. I, I'm just trying to boost science here. And I got this missionaries was... coming in. You know, religion and science do not go hand in hand. We know this in history. And then I get a trade request. I get a trade request. 25 gold a turn. Keep quiet. I'm like, you know what? Feel free. Sounds like your civilization needs to learn a little bit more about Moderna. Maybe it should be more accepting. I would say three of us had maybe very little experience with Civilization VI, and one of us had enough experience (laughs) to know how to wipe out our individual religions before we really understood we had religion. (laughs) And it might be a problem in that final act of this great thing we call life, but we're not there yet. And oh, you Lord. might need to think about that. Zach, if you're listening, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll get back there. We'll get back there. We'll we'll live stream it because it's it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so uh moving from that topic, circling back to art, you said that you had to turn a game down to eat. What game was that? Did we catch up with Cherry at all? Not just yet. So the game was Battle for the Grid. Any of you know what that is? I, I've well, heard that name before. I have to look that's that up. Power that's Power Rangers, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, not a spoiler, but uh, first thirty seconds of the story, Rita Repulsa gets uh, you know stabbed to death. What? <laughs> and then in the first fight, I get my butt handed to me, and. Uh, I'm getting 20 hit comboed against a wall on normal oh, no. mode. <laughs> so, uh, but let's let's revisit the talk- topic that Power Rangers is for children. Oh, it's yeah. a fighting game, as I understand it, right? It like a, a traditional. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I hear whispers of this game. It's very nutty. It's kind of like I, I view it as like Marvel versus Capcom meets this. Like, it has, like, character switching, like, it's a team fighter, and it's very grounded, like, Injustices. But the last fighting game that I ever had to turn the difficulty down on was the original Blaze. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like dark times. Power Rangers uh, is not just for kids. I will tell you that the uh, the comics, they're, yeah. they're something. Yeah. So, Battle for the Grid follows, at least mm-hmm. in part, some of the comics. Oh, yeah, it's right. about Lord Draken taking over the world. I I've never been I've never myself been that big of a Power Ranger fan. Uh, real people always freaked me out as a kid. So <laughs> <laughs> what? To be fair, me too. Now, true true story. Like just flat out. Like as a kid, I was like, yo, real people. I don't I don't mess with that. So. <laughs> If you talk to me about any cartoon that came out between probably 1960 all the way up into 2016, I have probably seen most, if not every episode. But 
uh, real people things like Power Rangers. Uh, I could not. That was just not me. What you didn't but, like twenty five year old teenagers? I it, it it just it freaks me out. And then even when I even when I grew up, and then uh, friends of mine were like, "Yo, we gotta rewatch Power Rangers," and I was like, "Yeah." And I went there and I sat down and I was watching so, some of it. I did that all the way through Megaforce. Ooh. Without a filler guide. Oh, oh. goodness. And I remember <laughs> about uh, 2% of it. Yikes. Ooh. I remember, you know what? You know what? I feel like I'm lying because, all right, and actually, this is a secret that I have never told anybody before. Here's, here's the thing. So, breaking. Here we go. Breaking news. Here's a little Anthony secret. So, I used to. Uh, as as I just said, I'd watch cartoons like nonstop, right? And one of the things that I really enjoyed was uh, the X Men cartoons. So my grandmother got me into the what is it X Men Evolution, which is the uh, original Fox. Yeah, the the one of the Fox cartoons, not the original '90s Fox cartoon, but the one right after that. That is phenomenal. If y'all have not seen that, I rewatched it. It is on. It is on par of Justice League animated series good uh if not better <clears throat> and right after x-men was power rangers right and uh i would you know i'd leave the tv on and i'd walk away and I'd, you know i'd like get myself some snacks or whatever or play video games but uh this was power rangers ninja force right power rangers ninja <clears throat> force and oh, I t- will t- never tell me you did the ninja morph. <laughs> I will never forget the day that I was sitting there. I had in my hand a honey bun, and I walk. <laughs> I walk out from the kitchen, and I walk back into the living room, and just just imagine the CRT, this big old TV, and I'm watching the Green Ranger doing all these ninja flips on this bamboo thing, and this little little me, it's like. I don't know what happened, but I fell in love with that show. I watched maybe two episodes of that show, maybe three, and that stuck with me for the rest of my life. And that is the only bit of Power Rangers that I can remember (laughs) that I've seen. So what did the honey bun have to do with that? I just needed a we we needed a visual. We needed the visual. Was it iced or what? No, no, no. You know I only do the little babies. Yeah. Little babies, okay, regular okay. honey buns. But um that, that's no Power Rangers Ninja Force. <laughs> when it comes to Power Rangers, I have very scant memories, but every time but like I I always remember every Power Ranger how well I remember like the main the main leader. So like I remember like um Power Rangers S- SPD had a black main character. That was pretty cool. Oh, but then I go I back I do to, remember that. <clears throat> yeah, but then I but then I think back to Jungle Force and how like the and like the main characters like basically just Tarzan. I'm like Wait a minute. Uh, the, the main character that murdered somebody. <laughs> is it JDF? Is it, is it JDF the, the Green Ranger in that, that I was talking about? No, JDF's the original one. Oh, okay. Original Green Ranger, Red Ranger in the Zeo. And Turbo. And then in Turbo, yeah. And then he came back in uh, Dynamite. I. I love the- care about power rangers uh 
I'm friends with Rita Repulsa. This is a true thing. Barbara Goodson, if you're watching, which you definitely aren't because you're just a parent and a voice actor. Still got that autograph. Appreciate it. (laughs) Barbara Goodson, also famous for voice acting Shinya in Persona 5. That kid who uh, has the Get get Smoked hat. Yes. That's the same voice? Same voice. No. I talked to her on the phone. We had like a 30 minute conversation and I played Persona 5 after that. Like I talked to her before Persona 5 was out and it ruined that character for me because I just heard her. <laughs> like in no way could I he- I get it. I get how that's a child's voice and how one hears it as such. I can't get past but that. That's wanted just you to her. be his big brother. Yeah, I mm. get smoked. Get smoked anyway. My first place was five. I never met. Oh no! I guess <laughs> I you did get smoked. Huh? I never got smoked. So, uh, moving on from Power Rangers, I I love that we got to Power Rangers. I don't think I've had a Power Rangers thought in my brain for like probably four years. Uh, so Cherry, what have you been up to recently? It depends. What looks like? All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back to how about how far back recently? Because like I only just like came back alive like about a month ago. Like I went to college. Cannot recommend it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I went to college. I did all this. I lost all my money paying for my classes. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I, I woke up. I woke up. I think about December, like December of last month. I'm just like, I should do things. Like so you're living the American dream. Oh yeah. yeah. So, like, college destroyed my ability to focus on anything, play video games, uh, communicate with people, have solid mental health. But I was just like, so now I'm getting back into things. Um, and I was just like, well, my friend might have to go to the military pretty soon because he lives in Algeria. So I should run a D&D campaign for him. So that's the first thing I started started working on. And then what was that from D&D there campaign about. Oh, um, so I picked up actually got the book right here. We're going to Theros. From Magic the Gathering, because it has Ooh. some of my favorite cards in there. Yes. So, I spent, like, the first two weeks of January just nonstop reading D&D books, trying to get ready. I'm just like, okay, I've got just about everything. I've workshopped uh, what most of my characters are going to be doing for the, for the plot. But now I need to learn how to use Roll20, and I am terrified. Oh, so. don't, don't overplan there. Mm-hmm. Just wait for your players to screw it all up. Uh-huh. <laughs> You have, uh, you have experience in that art? <laughs> yeah, already. <laughs> Two sessions in. Oh, God. I'm afraid. I was like, I have a beautiful little throwaway, and I could just follow you all through. Please don't mess it up. I'm with, I think for my, my first encounter, I'm going to have them literally on a boat so they can't go anywhere and mess it up. Oh, they'll find a way. Oh, God. Trust no. me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, so what I love is that First, Cherry messaged me asking me about for DM advice. And then Art messaged me like the next day or the day after asking me <laughs> for DM advice. I was like, huh. <laughs> and I'm I'm interested. Uh <clears throat> Art, how has your experience been uh DMing for the first time? Well, so the first time split it up in session one and session. The first time we had it was four players. Yeah, four players. 
And that was their first time, all of them, playing D&D, except for Caitlin's, whose first time was with you guys. And we kind of skipped a couple rules here and there. Like, I let them do freeform combat until the second time, just to ease them into everything. But everybody had such a huge amount of fun. Plus, we went to this place down in Nyack called Dragon's Den. Oh, I don't okay. know if any of you guys have ever been there. It's basically a Dungeons and Dragons cafe. Oh, that's so <laughs> cute. That's cool. And um, so we did that. We're running Tyranny of Dragons. And I remember Caitlin's youngest brother, who's playing a wizard who doesn't like to take sides. So he's completely true neutral in every regard. And he's like, oh my God, I think it's so cool how we started and we did this. And then at the very end, he mind controls an assault Drake and just gets the name of somebody. And that somebody has something to do with the masks of the dragon. So first session, everybody was blown away. Second time we did it in, in a in a more small scale location at uh, one of the houses, and I'm working some things in that I can't talk about too loud because somebody in the campaign is sitting right next to me. <laughs> but um, there may be elements about uh, something that I already talked about tonight, and a certain character that I already talked about tonight that we might have mentioned the actor's name of, and they might be JDF, <laughs> uh, who is involved in this. Full circle, y'all. I can't believe the Power Rangers are invading the game. <laughs> to be specific, the character that we were talking about earlier, that starts with a D. So, uh, Cherry, did you start DMing, or or how's your experience no, been no, um, uh, getting prepared to DM? So, getting the getting prepared experience has been very interesting, because um, like I'm potentially going to have four players, um, two, like three of three of which like like three of which like, I've almost got them all set set up. This last one, I'm just like I was like, hey, I need I need some information from you, Coach, but I don't know if he might be joining later. So, um, but like, I've, it's been a very funny experience to see like me, me and my, me and the friend who friend of I want to DM for because they have to go away soon. Um, he's like super into it, so he's like taking everything super seriously. I'm just like, okay, you can like, okay. it's not like, like we got we got all the stuff, right. and I'm glad because like I feel like he'll he'll be really good. Then my friend, who, my best friend, who I, we had to like pull into this. I'm just like. Like, come on, you're playing with us. You're playing with us. He's like, this is like, not that I don't want to play, but I don't know how. It's like, it's okay, I'll show you. So, like, this first conversation, the first conversation we had while we're walking to the gym, right? This is like, I'm just like, so what do you think you want to do in the campaign? It's just like, and like, we've had this meme going, so it's like, I want to invade Poland. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> like, you want to invade Poland. All right, I will let you invade Poland. He's like, what? <laughs> it's like, I will invent Poland. <laughs> It will be a whole city. <laughs> there will be a war, and you will be invading Poland. <laughs> so the first conversation is just like, eh, I don't really know how to go to like, and like by the time we walked in, it's been thirty minutes. Just like, okay, so we're invading Poland. You are a warlock. Your uh, your girlfriend in the in the campaign. She had she was a she like uh, they get the 
his backstory is that like he's a war like his girlfriend is like trying to gain power so that they can get revenge on Poland. So um and they get they get <laughs> they get a uh got they get these got um these bones of a dead god who's who is Xenagos for people who play Magic the Gathering. Uh Xenagos is all, is already dead. So um one of the gods, Fenix the Godception, he gathers the bones up, which was gathered by, by the other player. Um they get to and he starts preparing it into bone meal, right? So immediately upon getting bone, she's just like, okay, now you have to consume this. And it's like so she basically just like she like takes a little bit and like kind of turns like ooh that's delicious. Then immediately she just snorts like cocaine and then she becomes a demigod. <laughs> <laughs> so she just so that's how this campaign starts. <laughs> she snorts it, becomes a demigod, gives him warlock powers, and then and then the, and then they go off to and then they have to go off and in order to find more of these bones so that she can like. Use some for rituals and become one. That's just like two players. That's just, that's just like one player. The other person, uh, the main per- uh, person, my friend Algier, he wanted to play an elf. So I'm just, but like elves don't exist in Theros. Uh, but he wanted to play a very unique uh, elf that was called the Shadarkai. And um, the Shadarkai, they are related to this entity called the Raven Mother, who like sends, who is like bound down to sh- to Shadowfell, which is like one of the like lower planes along with these elves and they have this very unique mechanic um where it's like whenever they like um their souls are bound down so whenever they take damage or get knocked out they have to make a like a saving throw so that they don't like lose part of themselves so i came up with this whole backstory because this whole backstory and this whole thing where um because like a lot of this kind of happens synergistically uh with this with the way theros is that like he was he was stealing he was on different planes stealing uh artifacts for the raven mother one of them just happened to be one of the coins that belongs to the god that belongs to the god of passage that like you know ships people from like after from like like mortal life to the afterlife. He gets one of the coins, and be, when when they banished him, he didn't go back to Shadowfell. He went. He ended up back in. Um, he ended up in Theros, where he find where he gets the god of the set, where he gets meets the god of the and he's like, okay, I'm gonna cut you a deal. If you stay here, you're gonna die because you are way too far away from playing. So he gives them a mass that helps them like maintain himself and he's just like okay i am trying to call i'm trying to cause some trouble up here if you help me i will give you the i will give you like because his character wants freedom away from like Shadowfell and the raven Mark. i will help you get your freedom but you have to do these things for me so that's how the campaign starts he gets this mask he goes off steals the god bones delivers it to deliver it to his friends and because of the way the mechanics work i have found an interesting way of like integrating more enemies into his character so, like, the way, um, when characters in, uh, Theros are, they have, they, they put on the, the mass of the turn, which, like, removes their identity or suppresses it. Like, their memories and their thoughts and experience become, like, ghosts and that travel throughout the world. So, as he, so as he, fi- as he fights, and t- as he fights and takes damage, like, um, in certain situations, I'm going to have him roll, I'm going to have him, like, roll a saving throw. And if he fails, I'm not going to tell him what happens. But I'm going to create more entities in the world that come out that are going to be controlled by higher demons. So like and when he so like when like if so whenever someone like makes a check, it's like you you sense him right next to you. But you also sense all these other presents that are also also him. So as he has to fight and go and take down these darker versions of themselves, oh. he can like he's going to be he's going to like regain parts of himself and regain memories and gain new gain new abilities that way. So I thought that was yeah, a really cool. fun way. to Yeah, I love that. And I love that both of y'all have definitely learned like one of the some of the biggest 
tips and tricks of DMing is one, your players are never going to do what you want them to do. They're always going to find some way to mess up whatever story that you came up with. Always. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter how streamlined it is. They will, something will be so obvious where it's like, okay, there's a button that opens the door and they will do everything in their power not to press the button. Right. It, 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 it happens all the time. Right. And you just roll with it. You just roll with the punches. And, uh, and then both of y'all one something that a lot of DMs, uh, early like people that just are in DM and people that have been DMing forever that don't do is make their players feel powerful, right? Because it's a game, right? And every person should have the limelight. And I think it's incredibly important to have moments like that where your characters get these really cool backstories. They get these really cool moments in the game where it's like, yeah, I got to do that. I did that, right? I I got to mind control that Drake. Like I did that, right? That's that's fun. And that's fun for you, and that's fun for the player, and every person gets their own little, uh, their own limelight. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you gonna say something? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. In mine, I'm even repurposing the dragon masks as well. Yeah, see, that's cool. fun. Like, stuff is so great. Um, uh, we were playing uh, Curse of Strahd. Uh, Jeff. Hey, here's the hard ones. Yes, Jeff Lewis. Oh boy, our roommate Mike. Okay, so, uh, and but we repurposed it. Uh, it is not Strahd. It is Edelgard, Edelgard von Resfeld from Fire Emblem. Where did I hear that name? <laughs> from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Original uh, character, do not feel. <laughs> it is, and it was so much fun being able to uh, get rid of all the racism in uh, Curse of Strahd. And just repurposing all of it to make it fun, like, and put in all these random characters from random IPs, and like the the characters from Near Automata are the uh, are are the prophets in the beginning that actually bring the three characters together. Well, uh, like two B and nine S. Yep, two B nine S and A two A two. Yeah. The three of them are the prophets, and like being able to bring that into the game and like have them be like these prominent characters, but also have that be a part of like their backstories, and then bring those those are the characters that bring our, our party together. Like all that type of stuff is just a lot of fun. Uh, so JDF JDF being in the game, <laughs> power to you. Yeah. Made a power to protect them. I- I was really glad. I was really glad that I picked up the uh, the Theros book because it involves like gods, and I'm just like like not only are gods cool and the setting's really cool, but also because it's God, I can just like like if something bad hap- too bad happens or too good happens, I can just kind of divine intervention my way in the other direction. I'm just like like there's a certain god that didn't like that. Roll me a religion tech to see how messed up or how much sa- how saved you get. I'm just like let me just auto correct this real quick. I I will <laughs> say I think the favorite part of my campaign is actually one of the characters one of the players came up with. He's um, Caitlin's oldest brother, covering alcoholics. But his character is a monk that only functions on alcohol. Mm. So, uh, Lewis, you wanted to say something? I was gonna say while we're on the um, I am the Air Four Hundred Four. I mentioned the Avatar tabletop coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to do a campaign on that. That's yeah. gonna be an Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes. Okay. Our last Airbender. Yeah, that is something that I'm 
So uh, for those of y'all that are not in our Discord, you see, for those of y'all in, on Twitch, you see exclamation mark Discord can't command to join our Discord server. And for those of you that are not on Twitch, uh, you can use the URL userfriendly.com slash Discord to join in. I am actually running a handful of tabletop RPGs this year. Uh, the first one being Strixhaven. Uh, and it is not strictly Strixhaven. It is going to be uh, more akin to Fantasy High from Dimension 20, but taking place in a college setting, a magical college setting. So imagine D&D, Harry Potter, but gay, very gay. And that is what uh, Strict, that Strixhaven is going to be run, where it's mostly on roleplay and less about content or combat. Uh, I am also running uh, the Avatar Tabletop RPG, which uh, the PDFs are going to be releasing in a couple of weeks from the last so probably this week or next week. Uh, I am running that in the Legend of Korra setting of Republic City, and it is going to take place uh, during the events of Season 3. Uh, so after, uh, spoilers for Legend of Korra if you haven't seen it, you got three, two, one, cool. So, uh, after the spirit world and the human world converge into one, and the spirits are in the human world, uh, this is it, it takes place in Republic City. Korra is not in Republic City because Korra is out trying to find uh, the airbenders, and uh, it is going to take place in that time in Republic City where our play where our PCs are going to be exploring Republic City and uh coming to term like learning and coming to terms with the huge drastic changes that have been happening within Republic City and I want to sprinkle in things like uh like the cheap blockers like amongst amongst followers I I think they should come back uh the mafia that shows up for like two episodes they're going to come back uh but just exploring more within Republic City and more of like the inner goings of like and not this whole grandiose scheme that Cora was about, but more of like what's happening at this street corner right now because this is a big change. Like people's lives have drastically changed. There were houses that were completely destroyed. People are just homeless, right? Like now, not even that. Like now we have to have politicians based off of not just the things that are happening within Republic City, but also the things that are happening within the spirit world within Republic City. Right, like there's just so much that could be explored, and that is what we're going to be running. All of this is going to be run within the Discord, um, and Exciting. yeah. Uh, so moving on from uh, tabletop RPGs, I think Cherry, you had one other game you said you were playing recently. Oh uh, yes, your favorite game. Dot hack gu. Yes, those were some times. Oh yeah, I started playing dot hack gu because I was just like, I need something to focus on, just in general. And it has been a very enjoyable experience. Not not a good experience, I want to say. It's definitely not good. But it, I have never laughed as much as I have this much playing a game. Because you go, oh, yeah. Because, like, you have so many moments where the game's just, like, you watch, you're looking at, you're looking at, like, I'm looking at the grand scheme of the writing. Stuff. Okay, I see what you're doing here. But because the main character is all just so bad, just so bad, so over dramatic, so over dramatic in every simple regard. I'm just like, I can't take this seriously. Yep. And it's 
And, you know, you got issues where it's just like the voice acting's really cheesy. The moments are really cheesy. It's just like, come on, you're all playing a video game to agree. It's like you need to be able to separate this. But sometimes you're just like, it's kind of like eating your favorite junk food. Like, this is certainly just not good for you. It's just like. I completely <laughs> agree. And it's, it's hard because the game takes place after the anime. So you have to watch to really understand what's happening in the story. You need to watch the anime. And then characters show up and things reference are from the anime. And I'm like, I have absolutely no idea what's happening right now. But, you know, I just eat up the cheesy food. Like you said, it's yeah. it's the it's least barbecue chips for me. Yeah. Well, lucky for me, I did watch I did watch the um I did watch the anime a long time ago. So I'm just like, OK, I know I know basically what's going on here. But and uh, but there's also all these other issues that's in the game where it's just like they made a bunch of changes from like again to streamline the game, but they didn't make the they didn't go all the way with those changes. So like one of the main things is like to make the game go faster, they give you way more exp, but like your weapons, your weapons and items and abilities don't scale with that. So like, <laughs> so yeah. like you go, so like you're trying to level up real quick. It's just like I'm gonna check, I'm gonna pick a dungeon that's like three levels higher than me, so I can get some levels really quickly. And then because they because they made it like this half devil may cry ish affair, you just like you're comboing you're comboing enemies that you sh- that should be bodying you, and then you gain a level. It's just like and then you trivialize the game. And it's just like and it leads to these really awkward force ex- force experiences where like you like the main thing this this first game is the arena, and you go to the arena and it's just like okay this is supposed to be a big old fight, and you you do one attack knock them down to half health. A cutscene happens, and then they're just like, "Okay, I'm a clap back." When they can't even get your health down like one percent, mind you, like they do damage, and you're you're taking one, oh, 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 and then it's like, "I need more power." And then, you, and then Haseo's is like losing control. I'm just like, "Come on, this could have been cool, but I bodied you with two hits, and now I have to sit here and watch this." Yep, yep, I remember those days. Uh, oh man. That was, that was an interesting game, and uh, yeah, you're kind of forced into those situations where you kill somebody in one hit, and then you get to the cutscene. It was like, oh, oh my god, this was so difficult. I need, I need the power, and it's like, bruh, you didn't even touch me. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? You know, it, this this is for a plot. There is a there is a, a main plot we have to follow, and that plot is Haseo learning not to be a dick. Yeah, and so, that's it. And like, I feel like I would enjoy this more if like Haseo being a dick wasn't really a main, wasn't really the main thing, or if there was more side quests that I could go on with other people, but that I can't do because I'm now over leveled and it's a waste of my time. Yeah, part so, of me, part of me pictures Anthony here as a young child just playing through this game and half understanding <laughs> it while dancing to the melancholy of Haruhi Suzuki. This is all factual. <laughs> this is all factual. Um, so uh, that's a, you, you want to say something, Lewis? What? No. Oh, I thought, I thought you wanted to say something. All right. So that's a perfect segue into the, uh, what I've been up to. So I've been playing, uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth and, uh, it is, uh, I've been on this huge Digimon kick the past, like, I don't know, like six months now. I have my Digimon Vital Bracelet that I was using to exercise, but I really don't like the Digimon I had, so now I'm waiting for a new Digimon to come into the mail so I can go back and do that again. I've been playing uh, the Digimon TCG, which I'll talk about in a second, and now I'm playing Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth because you know 
I love me some collectible monsters. I eat it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a midnight snack. Uh, and uh, they are all my friends. And I'm sitting there. And the game is uh, a solid okay at best. Uh, I will say it's not bad. It's certainly not great, but it's okay. It's very passable. And uh, the problem is uh, I want to play with my favorite Digimon. Now, uh, for those of y'all that don't know how Digimon works, it's not like Pokemon where you have one Digimon that just goes through the same line. You have multiple Digimon that could Digivolve into multiple different things. So you could get to where you want to go in a, a bunch of different ways, depending on whichever Digimon that you choose, right? Uh, I... One of my favorite Digimon is the most powerful Digimon in all of Digimon, and that is Omnimon. And, uh, of course, I'm sitting here. Uh, there's 20 chapters in the game. It's chapter 6, and I'm like, I want Omnimon. So, do you know what I did? Well, let's fast forward five days. Five days. It took me five days. One, two, three, four, five days. I had to grind up a Metal Garurumon. And a War Greymon. And here's the here's the kicker. There is a stat. And this stat is called ABI. Your ability stat. That stat does not raise. Unless you de-digivolve the Digimon. So no, you not this can again. go up. And you can go down. Right? So the, that stat does not raise. Unless I go down. Right? So I needed to get 100 of that stat. Which is max <laughs> of that stat. You gain about five max of 14 with the math. You can gain a max of 14. I needed 100. So <laughs> let's fast forward five days of me training a Metal Gururumon and a War Greymon. And I finally hit 100. And I finally hit that fuse button. And I was incredibly happy. And now the game is incredibly trivial. But yeah, it took me <laughs> five days to get there. But hey, I get to watch these super cool cutscenes of my Omnimon whipping up <laughs> a sword and going slash and then killing these tiny baby Digimon. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yes, it's about drive. It's about power. Put in the work. Put in the hours. All right. <laughs> Um, so, all for Omnimon but that is just one of the five Digimon that I trained up it took me I've been playing this game for probably a month now and I it took me half of that time to get the Digimon that I have uh, I have most of the best Digimon in the game uh, and I am now closing in on the end of the game I'm on chapter 16 including close to 17 out of 20 and uh, it has been a time and a half I feel like I'm sick and tired of this game, specifically because all I have been doing is fighting with Platinum Poop to max out my level, <laughs> to get to <laughs> the D-Digivolve, to re-Digivolve, and then fight more with Platinum Poop. And I just, I, I'm, like, tired of looking at it, but I'm so close. <laughs> you know, you know, some Claus Fallacy? That's where I'm at right now. Something, so tells, something tells me you should go play Digimon World 1 completely with Sukumon. So... I have Digimon World 1, and that is what got me to play Digimon uh, Story Cyber Sleuth, because I was playing it, and I said, this game is bad. So I was like, <laughs> let's play one that is not bad. And 
lo and behold, I have Digimon World 3 and World 4, and I could have played either of those, but I decided on Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, and it is good. It's not great. It's good, but here I am uh, still grinding up, and then I'm sitting there playing, and I'm like, you know, I could get Imperial Digimon Paladin mode, and I'm like, I need to stop. Don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to yourself. I, I, I need to stop. Um, so... I'm- Yes, uh, uh, I've gone through this exact pipeline, except like years years ago with the DS games, Digimon World Dusk and Dawn, Dusk and Dawn where it's yeah. just, where it's just like you're looking at this cool Digimon, but it requires some half a million EXP in one yeah. in one in one certain type. And it's just like, and they give you maybe like five thousand for one. So it's like, am I really gonna sit here and do this? And I really right, have. Let's go. I really, really <laughs> have, and I cannot. I I don't regret it. But I'm telling you right now that I am not playing the next game yet. It might be a very long time before I touch the next game. But <laughs> that is the perfect segue. Oh, do you have something to say, Jeff? Oh, uh, I had maybe a follow-up question. I'm uh, not a huge Digimon fan. I played. Uh, I watched the original show, you know, as a youth, as one does. Uh, I'm tangentially aware of it. So, uh. This might be a foolish question, I'll admit, but did it occur to you the possibility of perhaps abiding by the game's difficulty curve and simply playing with the Digimon <laughs> locked to the level you are at rather than grinding to get what you admit yourself were the best Digimon in the game? Yes, okay, <laughs> that, is, that is a phenomenal question. And um, let me let me introduce you uh, a concept. Uh, this is it's it's what I like to call an addiction problem, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, here's mm-hmm. the thing, right? And and I I don't think this was done on purpose. And this is what it did to me. Okay, to Digivolve and D Digivolve the Digimon that you have you have to go into a separate space that is completely separate from the rest of the game you can't do you can't do basically anything else in this separate space except for digivolve and de-digivolve and put digimon on a farm and let them like grind up and stuff right so is that what they call you put them on the farm yeah uh, (laughs) yes you put them on the farm you put them on the farm i got four farms all at max level come at me right so (laughs) you so i'm in this separate space and I'm like, you know, and I click on the button. And I'm like, oh, look, look at all those Digimon. And I'm like, I'm already here. So let me take a look at the Digimon like in Digivolve. So I look and I'm like, you know, that turns into something that I really want. And I'm like, you know, I could do that. And I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm looking at this game. I'm like, I could do that. How long will it take? So I go on my phone and I look up the calculator. OK, so there is a actual formula. That you have to look up to figure out the oh, uh, the ability stat. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing mental math because uh, if you didn't know, I used to be a math major. So of course I have oh, to no. sit here and do mental math because a uh, calculator is too much. That's that's too plebeian for me, right? So <laughs> I'm like, if I do two plus the level, uh, two plus the parentheses level plus five divided by ten. Right, I can get a maximum of this, and that means I have to do this this many times. And then I'm already halfway there, and I'm like, I just keep going. 
and I just I kept going. And yeah, I could have absolutely just abided by the game's rules and played the game as it was meant to be played and just picked up the Digimon as I was supposed to pick them up. But sometimes looking at cool things look really cool and I just really wanted cool things. And maybe I got the cool things too early. I got Omnimon before one of the main characters got Omnimon. I got I I have to find all the Royal Knights and I have half of them on my team. Uh but so uh to answer your question, Jeff, yes. Uh it did occur to me, but uh I have a problem and I admit it. And that is the first step to getting over my problem. I don't I don't hang on, I, I was a little, one sec. Um wait, do you have this game on the Switch? Yes. What, what's this Okay, I don't know if I should tell you this, but like I also have the game on Switch. And one thing I learned is that yes. like if you put the game in sleep mode, yes, it it okay. So you know about that it auto grinds yes. and it just okay. And that is why the sunk cost fallacy <laughs> exists in my brain. And I'm like, well, I'm already halfway there. You were gonna say, Jeff. <laughs> I just want this to perhaps, if you're listening right now, uh, consider this the cautionary tale. <laughs> and not like an example to live your life by. I'd also say though, like I played Pokemon Red. I dug Charizard. When I got my Charmander, I didn't think, so how many of these Pidgeys and Ratatas <laughs> do I gotta kill to get that Charizard going right now? Uh-huh. I just trusted the process, baby. Yeah. That's where we 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 get there eventually. I trust them. I did not trust the process. I just went in, and lo and behold, now I go to the Digimon. I'm like, wow, look at this boss, and I press a button. I just watched my Omnimon whip out a gun and kill it <laughs> in, like, three hits, and I'm like, you love to see it, folks. I need uh, someone to clip this so- and title it, Anthony, please watch this <laughs> before starting Cyber Sleuth 2, because what? I want Anthony to teach Anthony the lesson. Before they do this again, I want Lobobot so bad. So, what does this say about your issue with grinding in JRPGs and just in general JRPG JRPG grinding? This is how I get with JRPGs. I mean, uh, all right, so it's it's with specifically the collectible monster JRPGs, where it gets to a point where I see something cool and I want it, and I will do anything in my power to get it. Right, so like. Perfect example, Yokai Watch, a game that uh, probably five people in all of America played and one of my favorite collectible monster games I've ever played, right? I I fought really hard because I just wanted the cool-looking Jibanyan. The one, I think it was the Samurai Jibanyan, and it took a very long time. It took a lot of fusion, but I got there. And uh, I got there way too early, but I got there. I wanted it, so I got it. <laughs> um, this is the perfect segue into uh the thing that Lewis had mentioned before. Uh, my other addiction, which is still Digimon, the Digimon trading card game. Is it just yours? I want to hear uh, about this. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear how I'm losing money in 2022. Let's go. <laughs> so the so. Let's rewind back into 2020 when the Digimon trading card game got a uh, a complete uh, overhaul and came out here in the States and they did not think it was going to do well. So 
uh they did not ship that many and it was sold out everywhere people were scrambling for these cards the artwork was gorgeous uh the new way to play was super easy to pick up uh and people were scrambling all over to get these cards 20 uh fast forward to 2021 they uh start printing out more of these cards and uh they're in local game stores uh lewis and i walk into the store like let's do it so we pick up the starter decks which if we knew that these starter decks are going to be worth more money now uh we would have probably picked up more at the time but we didn't know we just picked up one and we're like let's just roll with it right uh and after months of uh sitting on our hands and saying we're going to learn how to play and never doing it said uh no you're gonna sit down and learn how to play and uh, that is what we did uh we sat down and we learned how to play and the 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 way that the game works is so interesting and it's the best part of the game and for people that have played any tabletop or any uh tcg before uh i'm sure you've all been in those those scenarios where you have things in your hand and you cannot play them for some sort of reason, right? Because there is some resource that you have to expend to play those cards. Whether it be Magic the, lands, the Gathering, dude. right? Magic the Gathering, you need lands, right? Uh, uh, Pokemon, you need to have like specific levels to play those, uh, to play the next level of Pokemon, right? Um, uh, and uh, those are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. Or Hearthstone. Hearthstone, you need the mana, right? Uh, Digimon has what they call a memory gauge and the memory gauge starts at zero and goes to 10 on each side. And you can, each card that you have in your hand has a memory cost, no matter what the level of the card is, whether it's a rookie champion, ultimate mega for people that have played Digimon or that know anything about Digimon, you know, from the smallest one, all the way to the big one, there is a cost at the top right hand corner. And you can play those cards at that cost. They cost less if you go up in the normal way, right? If you go up from rookie to champion, so level three to level four to level five to level six, they cost less. But you can play it for, like, like I have a level five that costs seven memory. I could just pay seven memory and play it. So you're never at a position, I shouldn't say never, but you are, very less likely to be at a position where you cannot play the cards that you have in your hand. And because of the way that it works, as soon as the memory passes over to the opponent's side, so from zero in the center, 10 over to one side, 10 over to the other side, as soon as it passes over to the opponent's side, your turn ends, and now your opponent has that amount of memory to play with. And then they pass that over to you. And it's this volleyball back and forth, and it leads to this really interesting dynamic of card advantage of tempo of like what do i want to set my opponent's memory at like do i want to set them to one do i want to set them to two do i want to set them to three does it matter if i set them to seven this turn it is so great it is so much fun uh i am a degenerate and i am playing the two best decks in the meta but (laughs) i absolutely love every second of it what are your thoughts on it lewis it's probably the best like type system i've in a game, the only other games I really played, um, I played Magic, I played the Dragon Ball Super card game, I played Vanguard. Vanguard doesn't do like a memory system, you just place cards down as long as you have the right leader on the field <clears throat> that's the right level, place cards at that level down. Um, but 
this memory system where you can't you can't ever have more than 10 memories. That is a hard limit that you can never go past. You can regain memory during your turn. So theoretically use more than 10 depending on the deck that you're playing. But the max you can always have is 10. And if you say have one memory on your side, you have there's a you have a card that costs 12. You can't play that card. You can't give your opponent more than 10 memories. So it's a very nice balance balancing act. Like you were calling it a volleyball match. How much memory do you want to give your opponent? That also doesn't let a particular deck just play their entire hand. Sometimes you can have them like magic. Or like in super where you could there were some decks that just their turns would yeah, that's exactly. such an issue in like Yu Gi Oh! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, um, that's just not an issue in. So, hello, welcome. Uh, but yeah, the memory system is the best system. Uh, it's the, it's the thing that gets people to play the game because it's so easy to understand. And then the condition, which I think I, I love it. I love it. So, um, you have. You take the top five cards of your deck after you shuffle and you have what they call a security stack and that's your health, right? And your opponent has to swing into that. So they have to use whatever Digimon they have to attack into your health, right? And when that, when they attack into your health, that Digimon then fights what or whatever in your security stack, then fights whatever Digimon they're playing, right? So you could fight, your rookie could fight something that's super large. Or, or sorry, something that's super small. And there are also option cards, which are like your spell cards in Yu-Gi-Oh! Or your magic cards, um, or your, like, your uh, sorcery cards and magic that have effects that go off when your opponent attacks into them, into your health. So you're, it, it's like, it does a really great job of balancing and giving, uh, making it so that, like, you're never... I shouldn't say you're never, but um, a lot of decks that play are are very unlikely to be in a position where they just lose, right? Because comeback system. Exactly. Even if you're at five health to one, that one card in your security could completely change the game. And it it does all the time. There's so many cards where it's like, oh, you have one health, your opponent attacks into it. Oh, now that one card says, hey, wipe their entire board and you did it for free. And they're like, oh, I can't do anything. And again, and on on top of that, you have to do the you have to get rid of all of their security and then attack your opponent. And that extra attack your opponent, it, it matters so much. It's so cool. Uh, we've been playing it on. Uh, we've been playing it in real life. Uh, we've bought so many cards. Uh, <laughs> probably more cards than anybody in the entire Hudson Valley, and <laughs> <laughs> combined. And <laughs> um, and we've been playing it on Tabletop Simulator, which was uh something that I felt was just more important to me. Uh, on Tabletop Simulator, you can. Uh, they, there's a mod that lets you play the game. It has all the functionality for the game. Uh, and you make your decks online on the web, on a website for free. 
then you import them into Tabletop Simulator, and then you could just play the game. It is so great to be able to play a card game. Like, let me tell you, back in the day when I played Magic the Gathering, stuff like that did not exist. <laughs> like, you, if you wanted to play a deck, you had to have the cards or proxy the cards, which means you had to have the cards and play with somebody else or proxy the cards and play with somebody else. But the fact that I could just go on Tabletop Simulator, load uh, load up whatever deck I want to play. I'm like, you know what? I want to try this deck out for once, right? Go on uh, what's called DigimonCard.dev. Shoutouts to them. Import the deck, and I could just play at the, uh, in my PJs. I don't even have to get out. I don't, you know, I don't got to go outside. I can just feed my PJs play the game and then i'm like you know what i want to test out this deck there's four fifty dollar cards in that deck there's there's no universe in which i'm spending two hundred dollars on four cards right but i get to mess around with it in tabletop (laughs) and i love it and i i honestly believe that we need to push more towards having that accessibility option like i remember back in the day uh specifically with Yu-Gi-Oh. This is before Yu-Gi-Oh was a uh, you win in one turn. Uh they they there was like some uh third party uh like some modded whatever. Yeah, it's Yu-Gi-Oh Pro. Yeah, what yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh Pro yeah, like, yeah, so that. long ago where you get to just put your deck together and then you can just play with random folks. Like you could do that on tabletop simulator. And <laughs> I love that. And I think we need more of that where the the barrier of entry is low where it's like oh i don't have to worry about spending two hundred dollars on the deck i don't have to worry about uh like getting all these cards and then it's gonna suck and i'm i'm not gonna be happy with it right i just have tabletop simulator already or i or i got it off a sale or whatever my friend gifted it to me and i hop on and i just play the game and i'm like i like this deck maybe i'll build it and uh in real life and then go to my local game store and play it or i just like playing the game and i could just play it on tabletop simulator all the time it sounds like it sounds like digimon has taken all the best mechanics from like magic the gathering and also dual masters which are like it's yep. like had some of the great card invasion and just immediately missed like added those in so i have a actually i have a question for both of you what is it like to be in a healthy relationship with a card game again because uh, i am playing magic healthy? the gather oh uh, listen listen <laughs> listen listen i am playing magic the gathering I am in an abusive relationship, right? <laughs> I, I play exclusively on. I just play exclusively on Arena. I don't know if I can go back to like actually seeing people because, like, one thing I've learned playing Magic Gaming, like, not even getting into whole, the whole alchemy, the whole alchemy, like, uh, uh, just nonsense. It's like I have learned that I very definitively have a no list. Whereas, like, if you play a card, like, if you play a card, you're playing a deck. I see that card, no, I just immediately concede right there because I'm just like, I don't want to do this. It's just like like what y'all are describing, where you're like you have actual interactions with the game going back and forth. Like it feels like you're both playing the same game. Where like I'm, or I want to play. Like I have my big creatures. I want to play my big creatures, and we fight with our big creatures. This person's like, nah, bro. I'm just gonna sit here and mill you to death, or I'm gonna play all of my sanctuaries and just watch you slowly die. I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Like I don't want to do this. There's different deck types that kind of like there are definitely decks that are a lot a lot higher meta than and there's definitely <laughs> decks that if you're playing a certain type of deck and you run into another deck you have like a 90 percent. i mean that's just that's just kind of card games in general yeah but like but, I, but like oh um, 
I will say it's a lot less random in this game because it seems like Bandai is actually trying to keep the balance. Like they're actively work. Like they just released a ban list that actually paid attention to the actual problem cards. Yep. Or making decks just way too in the stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like having top decks is always going to be a thing, but it's just like when I feel a card game is like losing me is when I feel like we're playing two completely different card games on the separate side of the board. You know what I'm saying? And not in the yes. fun way where it's just like it's asymmetric. It's just like. I'm trying to do one thing. You're trying to do one thing. Like we might as well just be trying to do something else and like go play a different game. Yeah. So the yeah. last two notes that I have uh, of the Digimon card game is the one note is that it is the healthiest uh, meta I have ever seen in a card game by far. There are so like you will have a deck that is viable for like four sets, four metas, five metas, and it's not like you're just going to get completely blown out and they might not be the best decks anymore, but like there are decks that were the best deck in the last format that are now tier two. And it's like, that's, that's rare. Like think about that in magic gathering. Like that's, that that's unheard of, right? That that's not a thing. That's not a thing. It's either it's the best or it's not right. So there's just, and, and it's, mostly because of how the memory system works and how the security system works. And it's like, yeah, I can still play this deck and I, I might not win every tournament, but I could probably take a few games off and I might win. And us Americans love going rogue. And the, the last, the last note I will say is that if anyone is interested in ever playing the Digimon card game, uh, I think Lewis, uh, Zach and I are on there pretty much every other day. Uh, playtesting so uh we uh, i i want to get more people into this game so bad because it is getting super popular because of how fun it is and i i'm loving it and i'm loving uh we went into it we did an online tournament uh last month and it was one of the most fun things i've done in a while it took forever but it, like yeah. playing with the yeah. people again yeah, it was eight hours, but you know, playing with the people again and like laughing and joking and like talking to people about, oh my god, you see that new card that's about to drop? They're like, yo, that's that's freaking wild, right? And I'm like, yo, I can't even. And it's just, it's just fun. It's fun. So if y'all are ever, oh, sorry, I was saying people are still pretty nice in the community. Like generally, it's just super positive. Yeah, because it's new, and uh, and again, if you. Y'all want, are interested in learning, uh, especially because you can play pretty much for free if you have Tabletop Simulator. If not, Tabletop Simulator, I think it's like $10 or $20. Um, we're in a Discord pretty much every other day, and now that we've done that huge uh, that huge revamp, you're going to see a lot of me posting like random Digimon card stuff in the TCG chat. Uh, so yeah, definitely join in. Uh, exclamation mark Discord for the people that are in the chat, and for people that are not, use the userfriendly.com slash Discord URL to join in. Uh, and on a final note of the last thing that I've been up to before we wrap up is I've been playing Life is Strange True Colors uh, on the PS5, and I've been playing it with a really great friend of mine, Ray. Uh, Ray loves all the Life is Strange games, so we've been doing like this kind of back and forth thing where in the original game of Life is Strange, it came out episodically. So uh, every two months we would get a new episode and we would have to like theory craft what was happening and like we had to like analyze things and stuff like that. And true colors is all, all in one, right? So it's got all the chapters in one game. So we've been kind of going back and forth of like playing a chapter 
and then like discussing what's happening in the chapter and like discussing like our choices and things like that and then going forward and uh you know going it's it's just been this really nice uh, back and forth of like analyzing it like a tv show it's been like watching a tv show with somebody and uh the game is phenomenal phenomenal uh it is about uh, a girl named alex and she is an empath and her power is em- empathic powers and which she actually feels the strong emotions of other people and uh, you can see where that could get you into a bunch of trouble right uh, and how that could mess a person up uh and just in particular there was this one thing that like really stuck out to me about this game and uh for people that don't know uh i have uh an anger i have an anger issue right and it's something that i've 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 worked on for over a decade now and i've been going to therapy and i have so many different resources and tools at my disposal in which my anger is now i turn into something uh more positive it's not uh it's not ignoring the anger but it's uh, accepting it like Riku uh, and Kingdom Hearts, right? You have the power <laughs> of darkness, right? And what happens? Riku rejects the power of darkness and he's like, ah, ah, right? But then he accepts the power of darkness, right? Use and then, light and darkness together. Exactly, yeah. right? So that that is how I've been dealing with my anger issues for over a decade, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but there is a scene in the first chapter and uh this guy is angry and she feels it through the door and he like busts the door down and he's and this guy is so angry at her brother and he starts wailing on her brother and she feels this anger right and he gets angrier and angrier and because of this empathic power that anger consumes her and then she loses control and she jumps at him and she just starts wailing and she's like and the brother's like stop 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 and she just can't stop right and it was this like perfect representation for me of like that kind of strong emotion that strong anger because it's like you when you have those feelings like you don't have control over your body and everyone has had i'm sure every person has had that moment in which you felt like you did not have control over what you just said or what you just did, right? You just did it, and you're like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I just did that, right? And it was just so powerful for me to see that because I feel like – and I see that in – this guy is awful, right? The guy that, that had this anger problem is absolutely awful. I do not like him at all whatsoever, right? But it's hard to say that he is a villain, right? He is not the bad guy, and it was just – nice to see that sort of representation of like that sort of strong emotion of anger in not a positive light but a more uh not like oh it's this one guy and he's so angry that he's gonna destroy the entire world and it's more like this one guy is super angry about things that he cannot control and because he's angry about things that he can't control he can't control himself it's very good it's very interesting it's more nuanced uh, yes that's the that's the word i'm looking for it's very nuanced and uh i just really appreciate it the game is really fun it's really really good uh i've cried and uh, uh a lot and i highly recommend it to anyone that is looking for a game that's just like n- not combat focused not shooting things and 
just wanting to like enjoy a story and enjoy characters uh highly highly recommend it it's been a, a very very fun time uh but yeah on that note we've been going for close to two hours now and this has been phenomenal i want to thank all of our wonderful guests here for uh, going up to the first the the return of geek talk it's been absolutely phenomenal even though my camera's been glitching out a little bit here and there because i'm doing a trillion things on my computer at the same exact time but you know what we live and we learn and it's totally fine uh but i want to thank all of our wonderful guests today it's been phenomenal uh talking about power rangers and uh wildermyth and digimon and uh D and tabletops uh so i'm very excited to continue forward uh any last words from anyone play final fantasy 14 <laughs> hold up hold up hold, hold up, up. oh did i hit a button we, <laughs> we hold on here's the final message the moral of the story is don't get so addicted to something that you grind out the game to the point that you no longer like it. Moderation's good. You can enjoy things in moderation. Yeah. I believe in you, viewer. <laughs> or <whatever. True. laughs> Very true. Very true. Believe in the me that believes in you. It's been nice to be back. But yes. Uh, thank y'all so much for coming and thank you so much uh, to our Twitch chat that joined up. It's been phenomenal uh, talking to y'all again. I miss it so much. I miss oh, I, I'm <laughs> blowing kisses. Blowing more kisses. I miss you all so, so, so much. Uh, and remember, so we are going to be live streaming Geek Talk every Tuesday night at 9pm Eastern, just like we used to. Uh, so next week, we're gonna call again. It might be the same faces. It might be some different faces. But uh, it's been a pleasure, and I'm excited to tell to y'all about what we're going to do for uh, February's Geek Talk. But that'll be next time. Hey. Love you all. Have a wonderful night. Night. Bye. Bye.